You're listening to The Keys 107. Opening the doors to endless possibilities. In the pursuit of love, peace, and happiness. With your host, Rafika and Brother James. Welcome to another edition of the Keys 107 Network as we open doors to endless possibilities in the pursuit of love, peace, and happiness. Well, I'm Rafika. Brother James is here. We have such an exciting show for you today. R&B singer and dancer and now author, Kevin Owens, who is currently the lead singer or one of the lead singers in the R&B legendary group Ringo Brown. He has also been on the road on a tour, on a worldwide tour, with R&B legendary singer, Luther Vandross. Now, I don't know about you, you are like me, you love Luther Vandross. I am so honored to have this opportunity to introduce to you, our listening audience, Kevin's first book, So Amazing, Through the Eyes of Kevin Owens, where he has a chapter-by-chapter journey of what it was like, a tell-all memoir of what it was like on the road with the Vandals. So you're going to get to know the Vandals a little better, know what inspired him. You're going to get to know Kevin Owens, what inspired and inspires him. We've got some surprises for you today. So sit back, get ready. All I can say is just get ready. Sit back, kick your feet up. Welcome to the healthy tip of the day is to express yourself. Keeping thoughts, emotions, and ideas bottled up inside can take a lot of energy and may cause you unnecessary stress. Choose a healthy way to release, like dancing, laughing, writing in a journal, or talking it out with a close friend. Regularly expressing yourself in these ways may help to keep your mind clear, your energy centers free-flowing, and may also increase overall happiness. Today's healthy tip of the day has been brought to you by Organic Soul Chef Medea Allen. And for more wholesome living and eating tips, visit OrganicSoulChef.com.
doesn't set things off, I don't know what will. That is a duet featuring Luther Vandross and Kevin Owens. And Kevin is here. He's going to tell us all about how that song got started. Brother James is on the mic. And as you know, I always say, when Brother James is in the house, expect something wonderful to happen. And we know something wonderful is going to happen tonight, don't we, Brother James? Oh, we absolutely do. It's already happening. What a wonderful beginning to the show. I'm telling you. Well, I'm not going to delay this any longer. We're going to bring Kevin in right now. Kevin, your mic is live. Check in. Can you guys hear me? Hey, I'm here. Oh, okay. Can you hear me? I was getting ready to text yes. you. Oh, no, I'm here. Okay, you know what? This is it, it's this headset. It's not dependable. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How y'all doing? Oh. Well, we are fine, brother. Yes, we are fine. Thank you for coming brother on board. Brother James. He's 107. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me back. Cause you had me before, yeah. I think it was last year sometime, and I had a great time then, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you guys had me back. Thank you so much. And, you know, Brother James, you know, I talk to Rafika so much, it's like, where's Brother James? <laughs> Man, I'm always on the go. you got to catch up with me, brother. You have to have a GPS on me, brother. But I'm, I'm here I know, always. I know. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you, my brother. Well, it's good yeah. to hear your voice again. Yes, James, brother, brother James is always behind the scenes, you know, with producing the mm-hmm. show and getting things together, Kevin. But, you know, I yeah. I have to cross the T's and dot the I's and call you a million times just to make sure we have the I show right. You. But you I are just you. like I that, you. you know, in talking to you since I met you. And let me just 
let me just say before we get started and I get too excited and forget to say this, I want to thank Billy Brown for mm. linking us up together when we did that show on Black History Month. It was such a pleasure yes, it was been, you know, mm-hmm. checking in with you here and there throughout the year. And you told us when you was on that show that when the book is released, you will come back. Brother James, I, I can't read your Skype text while I'm on live. Well, well, I'm lost. Oh, so don't worry about the Skyping. <laughs> uh, she was multitasking again. Multitasking. I know. <laughs> okay, but Kevin, let's let's jump right in saying, and I don't know if you heard me, but I just wanted to thank Billy Brown for mm-hmm. introducing us, and yes. I'm so honored that you know he's so humble that he would allow us to just move forward with our connection. But oh yeah, let's, absolutely. Let's give our our listening audience just some background on you. I learned so much about you, Kevin, in this book as well as Luther Vandross. Well, where would you like to start? <laughs> let's go back to high school because I, I that blew me away. <laughs> let's talk about your okay. days in, in high school. Wow, my days in high school. I mean, those are some real glory days, as you know, for all of us. You know how, how high school is. Everybody's coming out. You know. Kind of, you kind of find yourself to a certain degree, but being gifted to, you know, and blessed to be able to um, attend the High School of Performing Arts, which at that time was one of those, you know, schools that was on the money, you know, as far as uh, uh, talent goes, and you know, and just the whole thing as far as training goes. I was blessed to have some great teachers that had taught greats like Ben Vereen and. I mean, wow, I can keep going. Just so many Freddie Prince and, and, and Keith David and myself. We were in the same drama class, being taught by the greats like Rosalind Shine and Kohler and, and Dr. Dyke, who actually founded that whole department there at the Performing Arts High School. So I was really blessed to be in that era of training, you know what I mean? And then coming out of those schools, of entertainment, thought, and talent with the Ben Vereen and the Alvin Ailey. You know, all of those kind of kids were, like, going through that school at that point. So I was amongst all of those type of kids, and and it was a great experience for me. It kind of opened me up. And then, you know, uh, right after PA, I went straight into the service. I really couldn't find, you know, I didn't want to go to college, and I got several scholarships. I got one to Purchase University for acting um, and one from some other little school, but I, you know, there's something, I, I guess I was tired of school, and so I just wanted to venture out, and I went to the service. But, <laughs> again, you know, if you love the arts and entertainment, you can't get away from it if it's in your blood. So while I was there, I, I had, um, you know, went in and I had my MOS. I was a field radio mechanic. I was in headquarters troops, so I was I didn't have to go out in, in the field so much, but I was back there with the colonels and the generals and da 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 I got a chance to form a group there. And so with that, it was uh, 1976. That's the year I was getting out, but it was early in that year. It was, it, that was the bicentennial year. So mm. the the uh, uh, European Armed Forces saw my talent from other groups that I had in the area, and they asked me to join this ensemble that was to put on this bicentennial review for the armed services. Mm. And I got a chance to choreograph it. I had a singing group called Something Special. At that time, that's the that's the, the the band that I had formed while I was in my unit, and I had a singing group and a and a band. And I said, well, if y'all want me to do this, you got to take my guys, you got to take my singing group, and you got to take my band. 
and they actually lifted those guys out of their unit and put them at, all of us in another unit, an entertainment unit, and we got that show together, and we toured all around Europe during our 1976 doing that bicentennial review. So, you know, and then things just took off from there. I got out the service and got in, in several groups, and things kept on moving. I can keep wow. going, but, you know. No, I, I'm, <laughs> it's, I'm just, it's like a whole story behind this, isn't it? Each, you know, each most part people who tell, is like a growth. Most, most people who tell you that they were in the military, you, you look at, you have this idea of some kind of, kind, kind of combat or some kind of, like, aggression. <laughs> and you're, you're like, you have a group, yeah. and you're touring around, and you're, you're performing. Was it military? Audiences, or was it open to the public? Yes. Mm-hmm. It was military audiences, mm-hmm. and some were to the uh, German public because we were in Germany, so mm-hmm. they had a lot of German festivals. So of course, you know, the U.S. Armed Forces they had to, of course, oblige. And so the, the German public, yeah. So it, it was it was big. You know, it was a huge show. I got letters from generals and plaques of my work toward that. You know, I I had my. Uh, my uh, fill of the field. I had mud. I got plenty of mud up to my knees. Trust me. I mean, I had plenty of those field exercises before I got a chance to do what I'm talking about now. But it mm. was all worth it. But at the end of all that, I kind of knew. I, I said, you know, this is cool. It really molded me into another kind of man. You know, that was another part of me that I didn't need. You know, I think a lot of youth need, a lot of young men need uh, um, at this point, And it was good for me. It helped me focus on what a man's re- re- responsibilities are, um, but I knew that you know that it wasn't for me. You know, they offered me sergeant and all that stuff. So I said, no, you know what? I have bigger plans, and that's all I kept saying. I have bigger plans, and I got out and got busy. That's right. That's right. Well, you know, I was going to say, you know, the military it allows you to grow and mature and mm-hmm. understand responsibility and discipline. If you get nothing more out of that experience, that's what you come out of. And then you could use those things, you know, for your own growth and development in the in the areas yeah. in which you choose, and you chose music, or music maybe chose you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what, yeah. what happened once you came out the military and began become well, stateside? Well, Actually, as soon as I got out, I, I, I started a couple of singing groups, you know, right back to it. You know, I got plans, and I just wanted to sing. So leaving all of that action with the with the big stage production, so I came home and I started a group called Truly Yours, and they were out of Brooklyn with my brother Rick Roberts being the manager and, and everything, and we, um, you know, we were good. I mean, we were really good, you know. It seemed like everything that I I got involved in or I touched had a real quality to it. And I was the choreographer for that. I was basically lead for that, everything. Uh, and we did pretty good. And then after that group, I got involved with another group called Daybreak, uh, which was short, you know, so I, I was jumping from group to group. I had, I had to be singing and dancing in a group or something. So when one group didn't work, then the next one worked. I finally ended up in a group called Revelation that was signed to, uh, they, were, they were at RSO Records for a minute, then they moved to uh uh, Handshake Records, which was a subsidiary of Sony under the uh, uh, leadership of Ronald uh, Luxembourg. Mm-hmm. And we did two albums there, one called Feel It, produced by Jimmy Simpson, and and we did another album, um, Holding On, produced by Tom Tom 84 and Bruce and Dunn Pearson. And those are pretty good. And then from Revelation, that's when Luther was looking. Luther, mm-hmm. at that point, Revelation was that group 
that the background click in New York, everybody knew about Revelation. They were a group of four dudes that can sing their behinds off. And and if you were in Revelation, you can sing. So Luther had his, he was in touch with Revelation. So one of the members, Philip Ballou, when I joined on Revelation, was with Luther at that time. Well, when he first started out, his first couple of albums. And then um, when I got with Revelation, something happened between Philip and Luther. And then Luther looked back to Revelation and he saw me. And he liked, you know, my, my tenor and the way I blended and that, that female quality that I had because he was female. You know, he was female-oriented, so he needed that guy that can really blend in with that female sound and not sound like a, a guy so much, you know, only when he wanted to. And that's where he, that's where Luther plucked me from. No, no. He was watching me there, and I did several sessions around the city. And I would see him, I, I would get to know him a little bit better. And then I would just touch and go, touch and go. But he knew I was there. Then when I finally got with Ray Goodman and Brown, and that's when, uh, and I was with them for a while, that's when Luther gave me the call in 1984, 85, if I would come out with him, because that's when Philip was leaving. And he was putting together the, uh, the, the Night I Fell in Love tour, which was 1985, and that was my first tour with him. Mm-hmm. 1985. Now, you wow. said that wow. Luther was watching you, and um, I got mm-hmm. the feeling in the book that when he chose somebody for his show, it wasn't just a random choice. No. Mm-mm. It was somebody that he knew, their ability, their quality, even as a person. He'd done a lot of research already that you didn't know he was doing. He took his time, and when he made the phone call to you, he knew you know, what he was dealing with or something of what he was dealing with so he, you know, he could have an intelligent approach toward it. And that's how he was. He knew. <laughs> he knew exactly what I was capable of and everything, and he just wanted to see if it fit into his idea of uh, of things. We went from high school to the military mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. Luther. Is there anything in between that we missed? Well, just the Ray Goodman and Brown, how I got yeah, with them. Yeah, that's what um, I want to come which to. Which is big. Yeah, I know. Billy, yeah. Billy's like, man, you better talk about us. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, but that, you know, like I say, my next book is called um, Ordered Steps. I'm just letting everybody know. I already know the title because... It's like I just started from my childhood all the way up, and, you know, now I'm with Ray Goodman Brown. I, I don't know if anybody else witnessed this in their life, but I can actually see the things being set up for me. Mm. If I ask for it, I actually see it being arranged. And, and, and the same with Ray Goodman and Brown. I used to sit on the side of my bed and look at the album cover, the With You album, the one that opened up, and they had the long pink pants with the rhinestone down the leg, that one. Mm-hmm. And I <laughs> look at that cover and it's like saying, wow, I would, man, them guys could sing. I really would like to sing with them one day. And what am I doing today? And mm-hmm. so, it's, and then seeing that and the way that came about was that my a brother, Rick, again, was working with the Manhattans. He was their road manager. And Gerald Lawson, great friends with Al Goodman. They were really tight, best friends type guys. And and uh, Gerald told, Al told Gerald that Harry Ray was leaving the, the group. He was going back to to Joe and Sylvia, and, you know, he was going to do a solo thing, and he didn't want to be with the group. 
so they needed a new lead singer. And did he know anybody? And so Rick, uh, Joe was just talking about it, and Rick said, well, hey, Joe, my, my brother Kevin. No, Kevin can do that, man. He said, that's all he knows, man. And Joe said, really? He said, yeah, man, my brother Kevin, I'm telling you, he's the one. And so it was set up. Gerald called out and said, I got a guy, Rick's brother. And I remember the day I went over, you know, that was around the time when they were signed with Polygram, and they had the um, the album with the cowboy boots and the shirts and the hats, cowboy hats, you know, they had that kind of Western look. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I went dressed just like that. I, was, <laughs> I said, you know what, I'm going to give them everything that they're looking for. And I came with that on, and I was really impressed. Um, I got there, and he was really impressed. It was just Al was there. Billy wasn't there. Um, and he said, okay. And so I know Al was saying, he looked good. I wonder if he can sing. I got in there, and they started playing. You know, as a matter of fact, he asked me to just sing. I said, well, I don't need, you know, if you don't have a song, so I could just sing the song. He said, you can? I said, yeah. He said, go ahead. Sing Not on the Outside. Mm. I started Not on the Outside in the, in the right key, knew every lick. Note for note, you know, strong, you know. I knew this stuff. It was in my veins at by that time. Yeah. And I knew it. I did whatever he asked me to do that day. And when I walked out, I knew I had it. And Al was happy. I could tell that he really liked me. And that was how I got into the group. And it was a week. It was No, it was three days. One, two, at least three days later. Right, four days later. Four days later, I was opening up with Ray Governor Brown at the Stanley Theater in New Jersey. Four days later, I had mm. two or three rehearsals. They put me right to work, and I learned the show. I learned the choreography. I learned everything, and I got three standing ovations that night. Mm. The first night at the Stanley Theater, we're ringing around, and a girl took my ring off my finger that night. Oh, <laughs> I wow. never forget it. Oh, no, that's not in the book. <laughs> that is not in the book, Steve <laughs> That's what I was telling you, is like things that I said, oh, man, I missed that. How can I miss that? How but can yes, you, you know, that? Yeah. It was my first time, you know, like that, at that level. I was like, I was like, they were like, <sighs> and then I was bending down, shaking hands, and the girls were screaming, and this girl grabbed my hand, and she held it tight, and next thing I know, she was, she found the ring, and she was actually, she pulled it off my finger, mm. and she knew what she was doing. Yeah, oh, you knew what she was doing, and bodyguard that we had at the time. God bless them now. A little history here: Boys to Men, Khalil Roundtree, the one that got killed in the elevator. Mm. Remember mm. him? The mm. Boys yeah. to Men, and, and right, and Wally Umrani. Those two guys were with Ray Governor Brown first. We they they were our bodyguards, and they were with us all the time. But they I think it was Wally jumped down into the audience and found the girl and made her give the ring back. Get out. <laughs> yes, he did. He saw it happen. He saw it happen. And he oh jumped down goodness. into the audience and found her and said, give me that ring back. I know she was shocked. I know you were yeah. shocked. I know you probably wrote it off yeah, by then. Yeah, he got it back. I mean, all this was new to me. You know, I was like, wow, these guys risk all that for me. And, you know, that's how I really love guys. You know, like we really miss. Khalil, he re- that 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 death to Ray Goodman around him dying was really tragic to all of us, I'm sure. But mm-hmm. you know, it, it really hit us because he he started with us, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, but yeah, but that's mm-hmm. how I got with them, and then from there, you know, I just kept on rolling, and 
Luther gave me that call in 1985. Hey, Kev, would you like to come out with me? I've been watching you, and I know you can do it. You know? But first I got the call from Fonzie, his best friend. And Fonzie told me that Luther was interested in me. But Fonzie heard it first from Michelle. I'm sorry. See, I got, I got to go see how everything, see, y'all got me talking now, but everything yeah, is going to connect. But Take your time. Like, Take your time and pull it all but, out. Um, Michelle <laughs> Cobb. It was one of the young ladies in the background click in New York that I would see at some of the sessions with Luther. And Michelle and I did background together for Regina Bell. I was with Regina Bell for about two or three years in between all of that stuff that I was talking about. And after I left that, Michelle told Fonzie, was just telling Fonzie, you know, she was there, she said, you know, you know of Kevin, right? You know, so-and-so, he, he might be good. And then it all came back to Fonzie, and then he said, he said, yeah. And then Luther said, yeah, Kevin. So Michelle was a great help in that, in that nudge, mm-hmm. and nudging Fonzie into remembering me to to tell Luther. Luther called me and asked me, and I said, I got to talk to Alan Billy. You know, man, because uh, Harry, sh- and at that point, Harry was trying to come back to the group. At that time, things weren't working out over back at uh, all on Platinum where he went back to. Things went sour again, and he was looking back to the group. And it was, and Alan Billy, you know, wasn't so favorable to that. They were, they didn't, you know, they had been hurt. That was a scar because there was that whole Ray Gilbert and Brown, you know, uh, court battle with special aid. You know, there was a lot of things that, like, led up to all of this. So there were some scars there, and Alan Billy were kind of hesitant, but then they love Harry. We all love Harry, and Harry was was added back into the group. But they uh, all told me that because he came back, I'm still a partner in it. They said, you know, you you had come when he left, and and you're our partner, and you were always a our partner. So it was four of us for a while. Mm. Mm. It was four of us, and then that's when Luther gave me the call, and I said to them, well, you know, Harry's trying to come back, so... You guys will be back together. You won't be missing the lake, <laughs> you know, anyway. And so Alan Billy said, yeah, man, you got our blessings. Go on, do your thing. We'll always be here. And when you want to come back, you always have a home. And that's how it's always been. Mm-hmm. That is amazing unto itself to, yeah. to, to be able to just to visualize and to put it out there. I mean, you, you just confirm the art of visualization and that it really, really works. But Kevin, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to jump around because really the right. book came so so far later in in where we are now the conversation. But I think it's a good time to just introduce mm-hmm. the book and talk about how the book got started for you and the significance of naming each chapter after the tours, which I found yes, you know sir. chronologically neat and organized, but. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Was that an intentional mm-hmm. decision when you decided to write the yeah. book, or was that how yes, you helped keep your mind together? Yes, it was. And you know, I, you know, like when the book came to me, first of all, and I, I, I sat back and I watched after Luther passed how people jumped on the opportunity to do things, and the funny thing about it, nobody really asked any of the entourage to be involved, mm-hmm. and and I took offense to that. Being with them for the twenty three years I was with them. I know that Luther didn't move without his band. He didn't do tributes and, and things like important things like that without at least somebody being involved from his band, even if it wasn't us, the singers or anybody. Even what about the great Matt Adley Jr., who did all those arrangements with him all those years? You know, you know, that didn't happen. So I, you know, I prayed about it. I really did. This whole ordeal here. I know people 
don't want to go into the spiritual aspects of things, but this whole thing is 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 spiritual for me. It's been a journey that's been a blessing on my life. So it has to be spiritual for me. Oh my goodness, I know. But I lost my point. See, spirit is is knocking me out. You we were talking about art of visualization and how you visualize being with Ray Goodman and Brown, a group that you admired and wanted to be a part of, and then you got to be a part of that. And you said you prayed. You put it into the atmosphere, and it happened. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, y'all. Right, exactly. I, I prayed about how to put this book together. I needed something. I said, you know, we need to do something. Everybody's doing everything in his honor, you know, without us. I said, we need to come back together. Luther and put this whole entourage together, all this great talent, all of us together. And we haven't said anything. We haven't done anything. Mm-hmm. In his honor, everybody else is doing. We haven't done anything. I said that. I, I said so. It was downloaded to me. It first came as this book. He said, "Write your story." A friend of mine, Brian Edwards, Bishop Brian, Pastor Brian Edwards, said, "Kevin, you have a story. You have a story to tell. Tell your story. You know, and you can use that as a catalyst. You can use that as a catalyst to do everything else, and you can do great things with that." Go up. I'm sorry, it's my grandchildren. All right. So, so anyway, so I I had put the book together, and and I also had in mind to do, which was that's where the Key Foundation came in, um, to do the LV Achievement Awards, to take part of the proceeds from this book, and then start an achievement award that can go on from year to year. I knew that the book was going to come and go, but I wanted something that would involve all of us in the entourage to come together every year to do something in honor and help somebody else because the whole uh, idea behind the helping was that Luther helped our families. And that's how I saw it. That's why this, this journey was so amazing. So amazing encompasses everything from the musical aspect to the way it affected our families, at least my family, you know, um, and, and so it's so it's, it, it's a whole journey of things, and I wanted to have that giving aspect to all of this. So, because when Luther asked us to have our kids bring our report cards to him, if they gave him a good report card to show Uncle Ronnie a good report card, he gave them money, or he gave them an opportunity to to do something, even if it was being out on tour with him for a week or two or three. And that's what he did for my kids. Two of my kids experienced that, Amir and April. Amir was a tech working with the band with a walkie-talkie, had responsibility, Mm. had to set the water, had to make sure Ivan had his sticks, had to da-da-da-da-da. You know, he was dressed in black. He he learned a lot. April was in makeup. She She had already went to school for it. So, boom, working with Jeff Jones, getting the wigs ready helping with the makeup when the girls came to because there was four or five girls that had to be made up. And I saw what that did for my kids. So that was the whole purpose and now giving something back to some other kids to help them continue their education and what they wanted to do. And that's where the LV Achievement Awards came in. That was the whole purpose. That is the whole purpose behind the book. And also the musical that's to come, you know. Um, so there's a whole purpose behind this. This, this was not just a, just to tell a story and make some money. You know, mm-hmm. it's to make some money to turn it around and do something with. Mm. That's and very to get the entourage back involved. And I do have several of them, Marvel, of those that can add their talents at this point, they are there. So, and I'm very thankful for them. And they they see it. They're gun ho and they want to do something as well. Mm-hmm. I think that 
was one of the things that touched me about the story and the journey is that you did not leave out the entourage, the background singers, mm-hmm. and all the people who helped to put that magnificent show together. And to the listening audience, uh, we have some callers uh, lined up, and I don't know if you want to speak to Kevin. If you do, you have to press the number one on your keypad. It's fine to listen in, but if you want to talk, the only way we're going to know is if you press the number one on your keypad. And also the chat room is open. And for those of you who might be listening via your computer and you want to call in, the number is 213-943-3618, 213-943-3618. We're going to take a quick break, but before we go, Kevin is going to read an, ex- an excerpt from <laughs> a chapter in the book. So um, which chapter are you going to start with? Well, you know what? I haven't talked about the beginning. Yes, and you I- did. And I had, <laughs> and I had that going first. But that's um, okay. It's okay if you if you start if you read from the beginning because there's nothing like hearing the voice of the writer. Nobody can put well, that tone like you can. <clears throat> okay, everyone. Okay, Claire. Everybody sit down. Okay. <laughs> I also read to the to my uh, grandkids. Um, uh, kindergarten class and first grade class. I come and do a lot of reading. They love Mr. K. Okay. Um, okay, here we go. This is taken from Chapter 1. Okay. And that chapter is entitled The Beginning, The Night I Fell in Love Tour. And this is just from where I just got started, period. There's a lot of things in here. From my earliest memories, I always wanted to be singing, dancing, and acting out riffs on the stage. I loved the music, and I must have started moving around the first time I heard a beat. I was always beating a drum or singing a song. When I heard a hit on the radio, I couldn't help but sing along. That was true even in kindergarten. When I was at that age, I had this little wooden toy guitar. It was old. A couple of strings were broken, but notes came out. That was enough for me. I took that guitar to school, PS191, and I told my teacher I was going to do a song for the whole class, and I did. I hadn't rehearsed anything, and the notes I got out of the car were just pretty limited, but I did a whole dance and a duck walk and and splits. I guess that made up for the limited range of of the music. That class might have been my real first audience outside of my family members. My thirst for song and dance led me to Children's Theater off-Broadway and then to go on to the High School of Performing Arts in New York City, then located on 46th Street between 6th and 7th Avenue, right in the heart of the theater, of the theater district. Lisa Fisher, Ned Alley Jr., Freddie Prince, Ben Vereen, Debbie Allen, Ray Chu, and my youngest um, brother, Reginald Owens, and my daughter, April, graduated from that school. Though some claim otherwise, ours was the main model for the school in the movie fame. We were the ones dancing in the lunchroom. I know because my friends Melvin Costin, Freddie Prince, Keith David, and I were the DJs most of the time. We played the records, sang the songs, and danced the dances with the rest of them. What a great start we had. That was the world that I grew up in. 
It formed the background for all of my performing. One of my first professional groups I was in was Truly Yours out of Brooklyn. The members were Lloyd Kelly, Stephen Hyman, Morris Gray, Vernon Garfield, and myself. We'd been managed by Rick Roberts, mother, Mozella Roberts. In the 1960s, Mozella had made history as the first black model to break the color barrier in the fashion world. <clears throat> New York's top fashion models had always been white, but Mozella had changed that. Now she was helping groups like ours navigate the music scene. A lot of us were doing sessions. I'm sorry. A lot of us were doing session work in New York in those in those days, and that was how I first met Luther Vandross and Fonzie Thornton. Luther moved through that world fast, always seeking out talent and finding creative ways to get the best from everyone he worked with. During the 1970s, I sang with two groups. They were a group I formed while living in Left Rag City in Queens, Left Rag, called Daybreak. The members were Larry Ice Winfrey, Reginald Blackshear, Vernon Smiley Garfield, and Wayne Widget. <clears throat> that that group achieved great great local record recognition, and then I moved on to a more established group called Revelation. Working out of New York, Revelation recorded for RSO Records and then moved on to Handshake Records, a Sony subsidiary run by Ronald Luxemburg. There, we recorded two albums, Feel It, produced by Jimmy Sipton, and Holding On, produced by Tom Tomini Four and Dunn Pearson. By that time, the group included founder Benny Diggs, Philip Ballou, Morris Gray, and me. Two original members, Arnold McCullough and Arthur Freeman, had left to pursue solo careers. And Arnold uh, M- McCullough, actually sings for James Taylor. He sang for James Taylor. This is not in a book, but he sang for James Taylor. He's for, for the last 30 years. Mm. Also during that time, I was recording several albums for a popular Russian producer named Boris Mitney of My Sound Productions and recorded four albums with his company. They were Evita on RSO Records, European Connection on TK Records, Masquerade on Prelude Records, and Caress on Warner Brothers Records. That work eventually led me to become one of the lead singers with the legendary Ray Goodman and Brown. It was then that my career began to take off. Ray Goodman and Brown had begun had begun as a group called The Moments. They'd been one of my favorites for, favorites for years. Often, I stared at the at the Moments album cover, looking at their pink toned outfits, lines, lining their pants, and I daydreamed about what it must be like to be one of them. Since they moved from all platinum records to the Polydor label, a legal problem prevented them from keeping the moment's name. So they billed themselves Ray, Goodman, and Brown. I joined them when one of their original members, Harry Ray, decided to go solo, leaving a huge gap in their act. My brother, Rick Roberts, then the road road manager for the Manhattans, heard about the opening from lead singer Gerald Austin. Gerald told Rick that Ray Governor Brown was looking for a new lead singer. Knowing that I can do every song, the moment, and Ray Governor Brown had ever recorded, Rick told Gerald I would be perfect. Gerald called out and set up an audition date. So there I was, about to try out for a lead singer spot in a group I'd always dreamed about joining. It blew my mind. When I got there, I met Al Goodman. He looked just as he had on those album covers. It was all a part of their clean classy presentation. Ray Goodman and Brown, first Polydor release had featured 
a cover photo of them wearing jeans and cowboy boots. So that's what I wore to the audition. From Al, I learned I had stiff competition. He'd already auditioned Damon Harris, who had uh, been Eddie Kendrick's replacement in The Temptations. He also listened to Cliff Perkins. Cliff had founded and sang Lead for Soul Generation on hits like Body and Soul and Million Dollars. Both were natural tenors who could sing falsetto just as I could. For my outfit, Al could see I looked the part. Now he wanted to know if my singing matched my looks. I sang every song he threw at me without a piano, yet in the key he wanted. Those songs had been part of me for so many years, I could hear them in my head. By the time I left the audition, I knew I was in. Once they officially told me this, I met Ray & Brown's management team, Barbara Baker and Vinnie Castellano of Dark Cloud Productions. Harry Ray's departure had seemed like a real blow to them, but they'd been blown away by my singing. Now they felt reassured that the group could survive and thrive. Preparing to perform with Ray & Brown was like taking a crash course. Though I knew the songs, now I had to learn every move and beat. I had three days of intensive rehearsals, then a sudden baptism of fire before a crowd at the Stanley Theater in Jersey City. I sang leads, danced through complicated choreography, and before the night was over, we drew several standing ovations. This was one of those times when I saw my dreams come true. Mm. Wow. Okay. Kevin, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right okay. back. All righty. Moon 107, the online one-stop shop for organic skin and hair care products. Music, art, children's books, ladies' tunic tops, men's French cut shirts, and our new line of sparkling rings, earrings, and pendants. www.moon107.com. That's www.moon107.com. On Facebook, Moon 107, fashions and gifts that bring out the best in you. Do you need help making your computer work for you? Whether it's managing your email, navigating Windows 8, working with MS Office, creating videos on YouTube, or any other technology needs, our friendly and expert trainers are ready to help you get it right. We also provide public relations and web design project management. For more information, contact us at www.repeatstcs.com or on Facebook at Repeat Consultants and Services. Welcome back to The Key with your Mr. Wow. Um, I'm still with you in the first chapter, Kevin. This is Rafika. We're live. Brother James is here on, on the mic, and, and the one and only Kevin Owens is is here. We've got some callers on the line ready to talk to you, but before we open up the mic, because um, we don't know which way that's going to go, <laughs> I, want, <laughs> I want to take a moment and talk about the titles of the book. Um, <coughs> I love that. Okay. I love that. I think that was a wonderful uh, strategy in bringing people closer to Luther Vandross and understanding the preparation in touring. Mm-hmm. So um, how I came about the actual title? Yes. Well, because the whole journey, Rafika, was so amazing. Those were the only words that I could find, and it seems like 
they were put there for me too. See, that's what that's one of the things. It's why it's not a coincidence that he recorded a song called "So Amazing," but but the journey that I speak of, you know, like you say, even as you read it, is really amazing. And just as people look at Luther, not knowing the insight like I know, how they see him with little as they know, and they look at him as so amazing. Mm-hmm. That was the the only way. Those are the only words that that would come. And 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 again. I have to say, um, um, I was talking to Pastor Brian Edwards at, at some point, and he, and he mentioned, he said, Kevin, so amazing. He said, man. I said, wow, so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and and, it, and it, that those were the perfect words. They, they were just perfect. So that's how that came about. That's how the whole title came about. But then just from the experience, because I was I was going to call it, uh, I know I had several titles, and it was like Through the Eyes of Kevin Owens, my amazing, my, my 23 years on a road with Luther Vandross. I think that was the first title I had. Mm-hmm. So Amazing wasn't even in there. And then as we threw it around, threw it around, he, he said that one day. He was just mumbling it. I said, wow. I said, that's it. And that's how, that's how we got it. And it fits so perfectly. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it happens that I know that the family, because they can do anything w- with any titles, but when you look at it, I mean, Luther, we just went out and to California, and we on it was June, and we Luther received his star on the Walk of Fame. As many of us can go went, we had a great time. But the theme was, yes, so amazing. Mm. Like, you know, what else is there? <laughs> you know, when you when you um, when you know and you like speak of him and what you know his his works and his music. But you know what? As soon as you say "so amazing," the hook of that song and the melody automatically goes through your mind. You know, and if you're like me and yep. you're alone, you start singing. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> so amazing. Yeah. Yes. One of the things that I found very humble and and not really surprising but amazed at Luther Vandross was when you talked about the the costuming and how that was such a intricate part of the whole picture, not just because he wanted everyone to look good, but it was not just him. It was everybody. Everybody matched. In, in terms of the detailing and the sequins, and it wasn't just Luther had sequins and no one else had sequins. Everybody had it, and it was a part of the lighting, the staging. Everything was so intricately woven to make the show. Yeah, yeah, that was him. And what what you witnessed when you saw that, <clears throat> excuse me, all that intricacy was those dreams that he was having, when he came to rehearsals and when he came to those production people, he had a vision for each tour. Luther, Luther always, he took us to see Circus du Soleil. Mm. That was my first time seeing him in Las Vegas. And, I, and, you know, while we were sitting in there, I sat next to him, and, I, and, I, and he was like a little kid in an amusement park. So was I. All of us were because Circus du Soleil, you know, was so amazing if you've ever seen it. That's and it was it. the water one the one with the water, mm. and we saw it in Las Vegas where they really had the set set up, you know what I mean? And 
after that, he said, that's what I want to do. I knew, you know, when when you got a man that's really see that kind of stuff, he says, that's what I want to do. He was already thinking another level mm. of what we've already mm. done. So his level of excellence, his level of creativity, his level of wanting to reach for the next thing, and then within that, all of the, again, intricacy in it, not, uh, cut, not, not rhinestones, cheap rhinestones, but real cut glass, real gun metal on those gowns that you saw. Them gowns really weighed like 50 and 60 pounds on those ladies, and they had, mm-hmm. to, they had to walk that stuff around with grace. The grace you saw Ava, Lisa, and, and Alpha, and, and, and all of those, Cindy, <clears throat> Brenda, that had to wear those, those dresses, they were heavy. Those ball gowns, that was all real stuff. And wow. heavy. They had to, we had several rehearsals when uh, Lisa, I mean, it was hurting the girls. Like Lisa and Abel would get scars on their hips. And Rafiki, you know what it is when you wear a hoop skirt and it ain't rubbing right on your that <laughs> That causes a problem, you know, right? And day after oh, yeah. day, you have a scar. So Luther went through the pains. We waited. They didn't use those things until they got it right so that those girls weren't hurt. Because on their hips alone, those hoops were 40 pounds. Mm. You see what I'm saying? The hoop alone that from the waist down was 40 pounds hanging. So they, you know. so And so he was like that. Um, from shoes, there was a time when we were doing creep, 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 creep. Remember that one? We up and down the steps, creep, 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 she yes. creep, all that stuff. Yes. And it was at rehearsal, and Lisa goes, she creep, 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 and thank God I was in front of her. Because as she was creeping, she was about to fly. And she did fly. Mm-hmm. And it was because, and we were having a rehearsal, in a, in, 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 it was a dress rehearsal in the heels that they would have to wear mm-hmm. during the show. So we were going to the next level of rehearsal, no looking down. You can't look down, look straight ahead, and just know where those steps are, baby. Work them heels. That was <laughs> less to the choreographer. That's what he would tell us. And Lisa just could not get it, and she missed the step. And it's a good thing I was there because I caught her. My elbows hit the ground, you know, shielded her from anything. But my elbows got really bruised for a couple of days. But, you know, stuff like that, you know. And then we had to fix the shoes. Luther said, no, we ain't having that. <laughs> mm. Immediately after we laughed it off, he said, oh, no, we ain't having none of that. And it was because she had a, a rubber uh, 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 grip on the, under that heel that was either too grippy or something. And so they changed it to something else, and it was much easier for her. So, mm. you know, we, we, you know, Luther really took us through all of that. And, I, you know, now that you're mentioning it, I, I remember days when I was like, oh, God, when are we getting out of here? You know, really. I remember many of those, like all of us, like, oh, when are we getting out? My feet are hurting. We done did this thing 20 times, and I know I done did it right. Again? Yeah, again. And sometimes it was really like we worked. I mean, Luther poured it on. He poured it on. But he knew, you know, that we could take it, and he knew what he was going for. That's why when y'all came to those shows, our worst was the average man's best. Right. And that's what Mm -hmm. every trainer and everybody, that's what you want to get to. 
and you want to get yes. to that in your performance, and that's where he had us going all the time. And that's why every every couple of years when it, when it came around, he was a very generous man. He said, listen, I know I'm working y'all to death. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can see it on your faces. So <clears throat> tell you what, how about a $1,500 rate? 15? Yeah, yeah 15. Yeah, We're not going to argue you with you right now. We ain't arguing with you. We jumped all over him every time. <laughs> you know, well, Luba did that for us. And and that's the appreciation. See, when you have a boss like that, that sees, you know, I've been with many entertainers and I love them all, but a lot, you know, but a lot of them ain't about that. And, maybe, and, and, and I understand because I'm an entertainer and I understand the finances behind the scene. It ain't no joke. Everybody don't mm-hmm. have to give like that either. That's right. So a lot of people who think, that somebody should be giving them think twice because you don't know what these entertainers go through. By the time they're finished, they barely have enough to keep their rent, to keep a, right. a roof over their head after they pay the band and everybody else because ain't nobody getting paid like that no more. It doesn't exist anymore. All the clubs are gone. He understood all of that, and he was very generous to us. That's why I feel this need to really just do something back, man, you know, do something back, and we're on our way. We're on our mm-hmm. way. It's not like it's going to be, you know, it's, we're on our way. The book is the start, and the musical coming behind it is is the next push. We're going to get we're to that. But one of the things that you talked about in, in the book that sort of punctuated Luther as the producer of his show and the visionary of his show is when uh, you, there was a piece of equipment that fell. And although it, mm. I, don't, I don't think it fell near one of you, the, the singers, but it, it fell. Mm-hmm. It, it really pissed him off. And I think you had said this was the first time that you really mm-hmm. saw him in that mode. So let's oh. talk about that. No, it almost moment. hit me. Oh. It almost hit me, Rafika. I'm telling you, and it wasn't, I'm trying to stand up so I can look behind me. Uh, it wasn't no more than two feet from me. It It came so close to me, I felt the wind. I know that much. Mm. And it was a chain. Um, there's chains that offset the weight as riggers have. They, they're bags up in the ceiling, and there's, there's chains in them so that the chain's not hanging. They put the, the chain in a bag. Well, one of those bags, I guess some of the chain was hanging out, and it started, you know how it ravels out? And that chain came down. Bam! And mm. when it hit, it left a dent in the stage, and, my was, and I felt the wind. I was standing right there. And Luther... Was livid. He was, you know, we were all, it shook me up, but I was just, you know, I know how to get hit, so I wasn't freaked, but he freaked about that. Mm. The safety mm. of his singers or period, any personnel on his stage and in his entourage that they're in any kind of danger. Luther did not like himself to be in danger in any kind of way. <laughs> we all. Yes, we almost have running jokes about that. Luther will tell you himself. He said, listen, I ain't walking to where there's no kind of danger. So he was really, really protective about that. And he, um, Kevin, one of the things I, I'm hearing right now, Luther was an amazing man, but he had the ability to bring amazing people um, together. And at times, I guess you all was in awe of each other because of the beauty of what you brought to the table and the production, the end result of uh, following a man's vision and carrying it out live on stage was so amazing. Talk to that, and as soon as you come to uh, a pause, we have a couple of callers on the line that must speak with you 
before we, uh, we, we conclude this program tonight. So talk to that okay. amazing connection of relationships with you, the band, with the background singers, with, with Luther. Okay, well, all of us, we were like family. We, we, we all, you know, a lot of them knew, already knew each other. And again, Luther already had a unit together before I came. So there was already a family there. I joined. You know, those first couple of years, we were all together on one tour, on one tour bus, and there's, and there's a picture in the book that shows that we were all on one bus. Luther had mm. the back, and all of us had the bunks. It was 12 bunks and a back. And, mm. and and the road manager, Taft, didn't like a bunk, so he slept on the couch up front. And I'm telling you, we did that for like a couple of years. And, we, and you know, and in that close proximity, you get to know each other. You're working night to night on stage, you know, you, you, you're getting to know each other, e- emotional state, what's going on with their families, you know, so you become family. And that's how we got so tight. And then, like you say, being in such a situation that was so great that, you know, we had it, we had it made, you know. We were living mm. a life of luxury. We were very well taken care of. Nobody should have complained. I don't think any, any of us really complained about anything. We never had any problem with our money. We had everything right for us. So I'm going to say to you that we have some anxious callers. I'm going to bring okay, one on yeah, right on. this on moment you. to speak with All right. you. All righty. Caller, your, your line is hot. Can you hear me? Well, we should let 917 know that the, the mic is live. 917. I'm going from Brooklyn. Yes, sir. That's you. Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Are you? Can you hear me? Yes, yes we can. You can. Let me ask you. Am I talking to Kevin Owens, the 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 lead singer for Ray Gilbert and Brown? Yes, you are. <laughs> the moments. Yes. Who am I speaking oh to? Oh my God! I can't believe it. You know what? I grew up on your music, man. I grew up on your music, and you know what? I even started a group of my own, right? After I listened to y'all, and and I called the group Blue Magic. You know, we get that big, y'all, but you know, we, we get some good stuff out there. <laughs> Wait a minute, is this Wendell? Hey, what's up, Ken? Is this is this Wendell? Yeah, man. You know I'm going to call for you, huh? Hey, what's up, man? What's up? You doing okay? Oh, my you said, brother. You said oh, you were going to do you, it, and you did it. You go ahead, Chad, with your bad self, boy. You're representing, Thank man. You. Love it. Love it, man. Thank you, my and brother. Luther, Thank you much. I listen, I listen to Luther today. Matter of fact, I listen to Luther every day because, I, I, you know, I got to do some walking because I put on a little weight. So oh. I walk like three, <laughs> three miles a day. And the whole time I'm walking, I'm listening to Luther. This in my ear. The voice, his technique, and all that stuff. Oh, man, he's the greatest entertainer. Yes, he is, But Wendell, Wendell, allow yeah. me to say this. I have to say this, Rafika and James. Blue Magic is one of my favorite groups. I tell Wendell oh, yeah. all the time. He can tell you. Oh, I got yeah. to tell you, but Wendell, this is, hey, man, we only come through here once, my, my brother. I've told Wendell, yeah. I said, Ray, Blue Magic was one of the groups, y'all, that really influenced me as a singer, as mm. well as the moments. Blue Magic, I used to watch Blue Magic, and my brother Rick used to work with Blue Magic as well, as mm. a, yeah, a Rick, road manager. Rick, yeah, yeah That's he's a road right. manager. Yeah. That's yeah. right. And years, so man, I used to watch these guys, and I used to mimic and I thank you so much, and I thank God for you, Wendell. Thank you so much, brother. I just want everybody to know that. 
Hey, look, we all right big on. family. You know how we roll. You know how I we know roll. that. And, I know that. And I'm going to tell you a little story about Luther. I'm going to tell you a little story about Luther really quick. Now, the first time I heard about Luther, we had a show in Philadelphia at the Spectrum. It was at like in 1974. Okay, this is before Luther came out. Wow. So when I got there, they said, uh, well, this guy Luther is opening for you. I said, Luther? I said, oh, my God, the <laughs> devil. That's the first she came to my mind, right? <laughs> and so I went, I said, I got to see him. I went on the side of the stage, and in my mind, I'm saying, this guy going to come out with a red suit on and stuff. And oh, my stuff. goodness. Luther came out there, and he had the three big girls with him. I can't think of their name, what they call them. I think the name of the group was Changed then. Yeah. And when okay, they yeah. started perform, when they started I had never seen nothing like that in my life. I swear to God. <laughs> they all were big. But the way they were moving, they were so light uh-huh. on their feet, and Luther was hitting that stuff. I went away. Oh, oh my God, who is that guy? And it was Luther. It was Luther. I'm man. telling you. And then, now that I see, you know, how far he, he, he took this thing, he took it to another level completely, man. And yes, I was so, he so did. Glad. Did you, Wendell? Yeah, man. And it, it's so good that you were there with him to feel that energy. And all that excitement coming from that man. That man was mm. fantastic. I mean, we had a lot yes. of good singers. Of course, we all did. Yeah. Yeah. But Luther, mm-hmm. his technique and how he used his voice, the, the high natural, and go to the falsetto, come back down and take it down to a low note. Man, come on. If that don't touch your soul, then something's wrong with you. That's, mm. that, that's, that's the thing, man. Most, not about all his songs. I listen to songs that I didn't even know. And after a while, it felt like I knew the song. And he, like, he was talking mm. to me, you know? And mm. the story that he was telling in the song, man, God. Yes, sir, uh, something special. We don't have that no more, man. No, yeah. we don't. It's gone. No, it's gone, man. And I'm glad that I had a chance to see it for myself and to see him on stage yeah. and see him perform. Oh, man, it's a brother. blessing. That's why yeah, it's so amazing to me, man. I said I had to write about it, and I had to do something with it. No, all those somebody yeah, had come, on. come on. I mean, come on. He's gone, but he's not gone, and we need to right. know more about him. You know what I mean? We, I didn't know yeah. nothing that the stuff you are talking about and what happened. That's all the stuff I want to know. You know, because I yeah. love the man, I love his music, but I really didn't know him per se like you do. And to right. get that information out to people, man, that's what people mm-hmm. want. They want to know the history. Yeah. You know? That's right. I just want to let him know. Yeah, man, people need to know this stuff, man. So, Kevin, you're doing your thing, bro, and I'm really proud of you, man. I'm proud of you. Thank you, Wendell. I love you, brother. Thanks for calling in, man. Yeah, man. And look, I'll see you soon, okay? Yes, sir. Okay, bro. I'll see you on that road. We'll be doing our thing together, all right? I know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, bro. So, have a good one, man. All right, you too. Okay. All right, we have another caller, another caller in here, surprise caller, uh, from the 201 area code. Caller, go ahead. Hey, Kevin, what's up, man? What you doing? You doing your thing out there, huh? It's the Calissi Cliff Perkins. <laughs> Body and soul. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know my boys now. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> you, you sure doing, do, Chris? man. 
I just wanted to say congratulations, man. I know a lot of stuff has been said about Luther. I mean, I mean, there's nothing too much more you can say about Luther that hasn't been said. Uh, my yeah. my my uh, my whole uh, accolades go to the three background singers that Luther had. That was you, mm-hmm. Kevin, and the two young ladies, or at least. Fitcher and Vaughn Cherry. I mean, you guys really put it down. Uh, it was so professional the way you moved across. It. And I think we talked about this recently, how you moved yeah. across the mm-hmm. stage and and everything was synchronized, but not boring. And it wasn't, you know, you, oh, I, I paid much attention to what you were doing. Matter of fact, so much attention to it. I just released a new CD and one of the songs, uh, my lead song, I stole one of the routines from what you guys were doing. So I'll be sending the check <laughs> probably next week that. sometime. <laughs> but but you and I go back a long time, man. Even with a lot yes, of people do. don't know with Ray Goodman and Brown, you know, we worked together yes, we with do. the group and and yeah. uh, traveled a little bit with the group when Harry Ray passed. And, and you and I have always had a great relationship, man, and I treasure that. Always. And I still treasure it. And, always. Me too, Chris. And, you know, I love getting with you guys and working with you guys. And uh, it's, it's just been a blessing for me uh, to to just follow mm-hmm. you guys and, and be with you cats on, on, a, on a day-to-day basis. And the same here, Cliff. You know, we also connected, bro. Yep, yep. Know that's that. for sure. So I just Absolutely. want to say love and blessings, man, and keep doing what you're doing. You're, you're probably you, one of the best tenors out there, man, and uh, I'm proud to be affiliated with you and proud to call you my friend. Help. Hey, brother. Help. Same here, brother. Much love to you. We are some of the best tenors out there. And, uh, and, and Cliff, because you were, because, wait, wait, Cliff, you were another one I was listening to. Oh, cool. <laughs> you were, of course you were. You had to be. I, I was in my living room singing Body and Soul, Cliff. I wouldn't oh, really right. about it. Yeah, come on now. And he, well, and it's, again, good, it's good to hear that we don't get a chance tenors. too often to to hear those kind mm-hmm. of things from each other. Because it, it's That's funny, exactly when we're on the road, we're talking about other things, you know. It, we get in those yeah. dressing rooms, and our, you know, our attention span is locked into something else. But, um, come on, Cliff. Yeah, kidding? man. Yeah, it's great. And I appreciate it, man. And, it, and it's it's, a, appreciate it's an honor much. to know that people like of your caliber was listening to me. You know what I'm saying? Hey, brother, it's a blessing for me and a blessing for all of us. But I got you, brother. Well, Cliff, <laughs> well, stay on the line. Yeah, Cliff, stay on the line. Uh, brother James, okay. you want to announce this next surprise? <laughs> yeah. And, and um, let me just say, I... let me just say, Kevin, I did not plan this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can imagine. Well, I want to say to you before we bring on this next uh, guest caller for you. That someone in the chat room by the name of Michael J or J Michaels, pardon me, said yes. hello. Mm-hmm. Wish you the best. So J Michaels, I said hello. J Michaels is a producer that produced my my group Beige years ago. Mm-hmm. He did the first stuff on him. The great friend of mine, um, great friend of Ronnie Song, um, the yeah. um, the um, producer. Peace and love to him. Tell him I send my love, please. Oh, I sure will. Okay, so I'm going to bring on this next caller whom you may know fairly well. So, next caller from the 570 area code, please, your mic is live. Hey, boy. Ah! <laughs> it's the boss. It's the boss. <laughs> Listen, don't forget yes. to tell them to play, because as Wendell asked, Everybody will get to know 
all about Luther from soup to nuts, from whence you started to where you are today. As far as the play goes. As far as the play goes, yes. Yes, now, yes, yes. You seem to mention about uh, the brother Jay um, who produced the girls. Now, did you tell him that the girls sang on Luther's last album or the one that uh, had all the featured uh, hip-hop artists? Hey, Rafika and James, who's running this interview? Well, I know. You said the boss was on the line. Wait, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. What did you say oh, when I got on the phone? Huh? What did you oh, say when I got on the phone? Oh, the boss. The All boss. right, then. There you go. But, hey, we thank you very much, Rafika. And, and, um, and James. We, we, we thank okay. y'all. Yeah, I'm going to say James. I'm going to say James' name. Okay. We thank you very much for for having Kevin on to to talk about Luther because Luther was an amazing man. I mean, he even brought me into the fold, and 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 um, I was very appreciative of that. And um, well, that all happened because of my brother. But um, I want to thank you all for for having him on and and talking about the book. And I got to go back to work, so y'all keep up the good work and. Um, Well, Rick, Rick, before you um, go back to work, I want to say to you that um, while I was reading the book and Kevin mentioned your name several times throughout the book, and I was sort of feeling very proud that you two as brothers, blood brothers, have stayed together and you have seen the the greatness in his talent and placed him Mm. where his vision allowed him to be. Yeah, he's helped a great deal. That's as far as advice and all that stuff, you know, I've always been the talent, but all I got to do is call Rick and say, Rick, what do I do with X? What do I do mm. with Y? And he'll say, Kevin, you need to do X, Y, because my brother's been with everybody from, I mean, you name boy, I, from James Brown to, to, like I said, Blue Magic, you name it. He's worked with everybody. He's been a record label, the record company exec. He's just He's very knowledgeable. Um, we we we're really thankful with the Soul Amazing Touring Group to have him. You know. Now now, um, Rick, is Kevin really so easy to work with? I mean, is this is this just you know what I'm perceiving, or is is he really this easy to work with? Well, for him, that's not such a fair question. Uh, <laughs> for you, yeah, he would be very easy for you. But you know what? We we should talk about some times when Kevin got in trouble on the on the road because he did he did begin to allude to that on the, in the book, but it didn't go any further than just an illusion. Well, he wasn't there. I basically did consulting work uh, from the managerial standpoint for Luther. So no, I not. got when I got summoned, I appeared. If I wasn't summoned, I was taking care of other business. No, yeah, so, yeah. He wasn't but, running no, the road with us. Okay. No, not, not with Luther. I've been running the road with Luther. All right, so we're going to give yeah, you a yeah. pass on that one. Right. <laughs> you can go, go back to work now. All right, thank you. And once again, thank good you, luck with the show, and thank you for everything. Yes. Thank you, Ray. Thank you. All yeah. right, bro. Thank you. James, yeah. take care. All right, peace. Kevin, going. let's go back yeah. in on that tour for a moment, and, and just what were some of the major highlights? of the show that the book talks about in vogue 
some shocking mm-hmm. revelations about in vogue, and even how how Luther dealt with that that part, and even Anita Baker. Yeah, well, you learn as you as you read the book, you you learn more about Luther. Uh, you learn his temperance. You learn when he can snap, and you also learn when he sits back. And a lot of times, when when those things, and I got to say, those type of attacks, he sits back. He sat back and watched first, hmm. and in particular with the involved, you know, there were young girls, and you know, again, y'all, as we talked, this was way back then. People were younger, their mindsets were were different, and I got and I understand part of it too, but you know, contracts were already drawn up. He had met with them. They made certain agreements beforehand, what would be, what wouldn't be, what he wanted to do, what he really didn't want them to do as far as dress goes. You know, their show, they could knock it out. But as far as costuming, you know, he said, this is what I'm going to do with them, with mine. And so you guys, you know, just don't do nothing like that. They say, okay. You know, but it was just things like that. And, and they had made a request at that point for, for Luther to come out on stage with them, and, and, you know, so that right there was a sign of a, a little immaturity at that point to ask Luther Vandross to come out during their set for a boom and then off when he needs to save his total appearance or when he comes on, period. You know what I mean? Mm. So it was mm-hmm. things like that that were done. So, you know, he would ignore all that kind of stuff, but then there was some point when the costumes came up to where there was something similar. And he had a problem with that. He said, I told him not to. So those are the first signs of little things, you know. But he addressed it. They corrected it. Not a problem. But as the tour started going on, you know, that was the theater in the round. And, it, you know, it's a clear stage for uh, for Luther. But their their contract was, again, partial. You know, their, their band was on the stage because Luther had a, a, a pit built for us, you know, um, for the for the band and us to go into, and it lit up and everything. It was a whole area. That was his staging around, you know. He paid for it. And the opening act had to have their instruments on stage. But but the stage turned. It went 360. If you were in, and we were in arenas, if it went 360, then you got to see everything on that stage most of the time. Complaints started coming that they felt that the view was obstructed and, you know, it was beyond their control and things like that started being said. And they they said it several nights. And then one night, you know, somebody pulled with his coattail. And he went and was listening at the curtain. And he heard it. He said, well, why are they saying that? You know, that was the agreement that they would have the band on the stage. I'm not going to. No. So he didn't do much about it then. It kept going on and on. Then it started getting into interviews where he was being demonized to a certain degree, to where he was hard to work with. So as he saw that escalating, he said, wait a minute. Wait a minute. The contract says X or so so. So then we started getting complaints at some point as time went on because they started firing their, their band. They started getting rid of members so that they can have more of the stage. So you know, Luther was looking on. He said, now, okay, wait a minute. Contract calls for a full band. That's the price. That's what you're being paid for. And, you know, full amenities, production office, you know, catering, you know. That came with the whole package. And he's telling me all of this. That's why I know it detailed like this. And and I knew the business as well. So I said, yeah. He said, well, I'm, I, I can't have that because, you know, my performances, I like for it to be live. If, if y'all going to be singing live and my whole presentation is live, everything is real here. 
I can't mm-hmm. have that. I can't have that. Nobody's going to do that. Is going to get rid of instruments and use that on me. That's mm-hmm. not the D-A-T. So anyway, D-A-T, yes, that. Right. Mm-hmm. right. <laughs> and, and so, yeah, you know, with that is when things started to escalate and um, it started getting a little nasty. And then Luther started to retaliate Miami. When they started finding the man and man members were coming to us, telling us that they were, you know, that they lost their job and so on, so on, so on, so And so Luther retaliated by um, saying, you know, they broke the total contract. They've gotten rid of most of their band. Nobody's listening to me. And when he got to the Miami arena, there was a letter waiting for him. And this letter wasn't very nice. Kind of insulted Luther. And it came from their camp. I don't know if it came directly from the girls or management, but it came from their camp. And that really sent him over the edge. That's where he asked to, um, because, you know, there was Luther's tour. So he asked for the promoters and everybody to, to block them from the arena. And he went to the mm-hmm. police department and had a little badges put on our passes. And anybody that don't have this pass, don't get in this building. And he made sure that their entourage didn't have it. But eventually they did get in the building that day because the show had to go on. But that was him exercising whatever he could out of frustration of not getting the support because he went to the, all of the hierarchy above him, like promoters and such, and said, these girls are breaking the contract. Come on. They're demonizing me. They say I'm not giving them stage. They ain't supposed to have that stage. That's my stage. So why are they trying to make me look like that, da 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 But he didn't get no help, so he felt betrayed at that at that point with all of that, you know, everybody around him. And by the time the tour ended, Luther was totally set up. You know, they had basically gotten their way. You know, and that's what really I think got up under his skin because all he puts into it, all that he, as much as he cares, you know, you know, you know that person that does all this work, 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 and then somebody comes along that ain't did nothing and spoils it. He felt that way, and mm. I remember sitting in that dressing room that closing night. I forget which city we were in, but I could see the room, and he said, "Kevin, I'm firing everybody." And I said, "Whoa, my, my, I got you know how you know how you get that little flutter in your stomach." <laughs> I said, everybody? He said, everybody. no, man, no, no, just, you know, those that, 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 that didn't have my back, man. And whoever those people were, he knew who they were in his mind. And um, next thing I know, you know, Luther had cleaned his camp. He had done some, some cleaning in the administrative branches of his, of his. And there were new people on next time around and different this and different that. I was like, wow, that's what he meant. It seems like he was a, a man who was not afraid to take a chance. And if no. something wasn't quite right, he knew that he had to stop it. He didn't give it too much yeah, yeah. time for it to go That's, too wrong. And he wasn't afraid of the consequences of the change. He Luther embraced challenge. Let's know that he was a Taurus. And I'm not getting into the astrology thing because I'm not into that. But but he he was that bull. He really came at you. And he went at things like that. His whole attitude, if you notice, Luther lost that weight more than most people do it in a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? Look at the times. He he did it. That's a discipline. Mm-hmm. Once he's focused on something, it's done. Period. That's how he was. That's how he was. Mm-hmm. He gets weak like everybody else, but when he was in the moment, ooh, he was in it. <laughs> For real. Well, you know, Kevin, this book is, is such a great read, and it's it's such it, I laugh sometimes. Like I was there with you. I couldn't stop reading the book as soon as I got it. I know that we have to move this forward only because of time. So I want to go, I want to move up 
there's so much I want to talk to you about. I may just have to bring you back. I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, the time goes by so fast. It's so true. Uh, I want to come up to the point where you you found out or it was revealed that Luther was sick and come up to the time for the for you and the group and for him and his family. What was it like behind the scenes in that that episode for you and then I want to I want to talk about the foundation that you that you created and the upcoming play as um your brother Rick mentioned and what's going on okay. with your with your career. Okay. Well to start with, you know, around that time there were a lot of things going on when Luther got sick. You know, we were just finishing up Radio City and we were in the studio cleaning up the vocals for that performance because he wanted to do a live album. So he was cleaning up, and that's when he started having headaches. And, <clears throat> and so Fonzie had said to me, Kevin, I'm making him go to the hospital first thing Monday. And I think it was a Thursday or Friday we were in the studio working. He said, I'm making him go first thing Monday. And it just so happens that that week that he was talking about, that's when Luther had that stroke. And he was having headaches in the studio, complaining. I said, man, maybe it's fine. He said, no, Kevin, it's nagging, it's nagging. And at that point, he was binging a little bit. That was one of the points where I guess he had a lot on his mind. And because I know that's when he did it, you know, when he had a lot of stress going on, a lot of decisions, a lot of things going on. And uh, he was eating them bagels and things that he knew he shouldn't. And I gave him the look. Everybody gave him the look, and he said, mind your business. So it was around that time he was binging a little bit there in the studio, and so, but that week coming up is when he actually had that stroke. And so after that, you know, and my my uh, my dad was sick around that time. He had um, sarcoidosis, and I was um, I was had I was living in Georgia, but I was up there with my dad most of the time, caring for him. And I would go home whenever I could. And so both of those things on me was like kind of like wow, you know, I was I was coming and going. You know, and then all the rumors of people calling, say, oh, he's dead. Oh, he's dead. You know, until all that fizzed out, because that was driving me nuts, too. I had a million calls. Oh, he passed away. I said, you don't know he didn't. Um, he had a stroke. Dealing with all of that kind of stuff, because that's stressful. And then my dad, too. And then we finally got, you know, that he was stabling out, and we can go visit him. When all those periods came along at the JFK Center, a rehabilitation center, you know, all those times were... Well, great. You know, we would those out of us that can that can go would like get out there. Um, Lisa did a concert around Christmas. You know, we would do things to keep his atmosphere and things. You know, like what he was around, and that's what the therapist told us that at this point, after they did all, all that that they can do, they encouraged us to try and create things that would just bring him back into the atmosphere of what he used to do with us and. They came up with an idea of getting a theater and acting like we were rehearsing to go out for a tour and just have them there. And we just doing what we do, doing the songs, doing the choreography. And that, you know, we never got around to that. But by the time that we came up with that idea is when he really started to take another turn. Mm. Um, but it was just a real strange time. I had bought a house and down here and, you know, knowing all of this. So, you know, I was going through all kinds of things, financial ups and downs and emotional ups and downs and with my dad and with and with um um Luther and just trying to keep things afloat and see where things were gonna end up. You know. So it was a strange period. But all of us stuck together, you know, we were all together during that time and we and we still are now. 
do feel a tight bunch. Wow. That that's amazing in itself, um, that whole experience. Um Kevin, we still have callers on the line. I wanna to try to squeeze one or two more in um, okay. before the show ends. So I'm gonna bring another one in. Um uh, okay. uh, let me see live. Caller seven one eight area code, uh seven one eight area code three four one. Yes, sir. Yes, yes sir. sir. Good night to everyone, Mr. James and Ms. Rafika. And uh, of course to legendary Mr. Kevin Owens. How you hey, doing? How sir? Are you, man? I'm blessed, man. My name is J.R. Strong. I'm uh one of the producers there uh on the keys. And I just want oh, to okay. say thank you. Thank you, thank you for thank being you. here and giving us this history. Okay, because oh. this is what we need. Okay, mm-hmm. we need to know well, about these people that has been part of our lives. I grew up on Luther. Just about everybody you spoke about, you spoke uh-huh. about Luther. You talked about Gerald Alston. I just worked mm-hmm. with Gerald Alston after hearing about mm-hmm. him for so many years. I remember being a, mm-hmm. a young man and seeing Blue Magic and Wingate Park in the free concert <laughs> in Brooklyn. And I thought it was crazy because Blue Magic had all the women going crazy. Okay? Mm-hmm. Crazy. Okay, Ray Goodman and Brown, all these, you know, great people that have uh, have put music out that, that moves you. You know, you yourself, yeah. I'm, I'm, you're, you and, and and Lisa Fisher and Mr. <laughs> Earl Toon, my boy, my homie. Oh, Earl Toon. Kevin, yeah. I will never forget being in the studio with you in Freehold. I keep mentioning that. Oh, you know, yeah, you do, yeah, that's right. Yes. Sir, I mean that for me was more than more than a college education because one, I realized to be in this business you got to have stamina. <laughs> okay, because you guys, when y'all went in that studio, I think we rode up to that studio maybe like for a week or two, and y'all mm-hmm. would spend hours, practically the whole mm-hmm. day, okay, perfecting a line. <laughs> okay, but when you guys finished and when y'all did what y'all did, you felt like you were hearing angels blowing the trumpets yes, and just um, harps and so I just wanna thank you so much that you're still here to to let us give us thank this education and I, I yes, wanna know how do you how do you keep looking the way you're looking? Because I heard you say my grandchild in the back, and I'm like, oh, you don't, you don't look a day over twenty five, my brother. <laughs> okay. I was fifty nine on August sixteenth. Wow! And I owe all of that the blessings to the Most High, and you know, to me, it's just, you know, living, living right. Like, you know, I, yeah, I just try to live right, man. I don't know, I don't know, and then maybe just in my jeans, I don't know. Got tight skin. We all got. Uh. Right. Well, you know, um, well, I wanted to go back into the book. Uh, Jay, I'll hold the line for a moment because this is a point that I really don't want us to close without talking about. You mentioned the dressing room that you were, that you shared the dressing room with Luther Vandross. And you said in, in the book that as far as having the name on the door, Luther Vandross had your name and his name, even though it was his show and he was the star. He said, no, Kev, your name needs to be mm. there, too. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but that just touched my heart. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it touched me, too, 
you know, when I first started seeing it happen, and I started to understand it, you know, because I did a dressing room, but I said, you, you, he said, hey, man, this is your dressing room, too. He meant that our dressing room was our dressing room. Yeah, it was the Luther Vandross show, and I'm the star, and I'm, I'm, I'm the man, but we share a room together, period. And there were many times when, um, you know, people would come in, and, you know, Luther trusted me. I, I, I know as a businessman, and he trusted me as a friend and a person that whatever business he had, it stayed there. If I heard it, you know, he he knew it wouldn't leak. So he would have people come in, record company stuff, and they'd be having these little meetings. And I said, you know what, hey, Luther, I'm gonna like step out for a second while y'all do this. You know, I'm gonna give you some privacy. He said, you ain't gotta go nowhere. He said, you can say. And a lot of times, it was, I know Luther was he, was, he was bad. This is when he was bad. He wanted to light somebody up, but he wanted company. <laughs> you know, he, he would be ready to light some record company execs up. He said, no, Kev, you ain't got to go no place. This is your room, too. You, you sit right there. I love and I support. said, oh, man, because I know they're about to get into it, you know. But um, he was funny, you know. But that's how he was, you know, And but, but on the real, he was like that period. I didn't have to leave. Whatever he would discuss with them, is, yeah, he didn't care whether I heard it or not, you know. And I had that, and I gave him the same respect. Before I had people come, I said, Luther, I got some folk coming in. Do you mind them coming through? You know, and he said, no, man, just let me get myself together, and you good. So we got along great, man. We'd be sitting in there for hours just you know, when you know it's right, when you're in a room with somebody for hours at a time, give me a piece of cheesecake. <laughs> if you get it, um, I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> Somebody's going to cheesecake back here. Don't, don't tell us about the cheesecake. <laughs> we may have to go. I with know. Them. I know. We may have to tell you to send us some. He just came in here and waved at me. He's going to the cheesecake factory, and so this oh. is not good, y'all. But I just missed what I was talking about. Where was I? That's, that's well, you know what? I'm I'm going to bring you to another point. Okay, all right. Well, <laughs> while you were while you were on the tour, I got the cheesecake on my mind too. I forgot what I was going to say, Kevin. Yeah, I know. See what it did? I'm, that's I'm the cheesecake. Sorry, y'all. But y'all understand too. All the listeners. I do. <laughs> a... I certainly do. <laughs> Let's go right into the foundation that you formed, K I K E I, and tell the audience about its objectives, and how it honors Luther Vandross even more. Okay. Well, it's called the the Key Foundation, which is the Kevin Owens Education Initiative in honor of Luther Vandross, and it will sponsor the LV Achievement Awards um, every year or every every two years. All of the criteria has to be worked out yet because, you know, we're taking a step at a time, but that's the ultimate goal of what we're doing with everything that we're doing now to have a a a a, a, um, a ceremony every year, and you know, and my idea was to make it big. Like I'm I'm talking TV DVD. It would start out as a as a small scale probably, but I wanted to grow because uh, not only is there scholarship awards available for youth going to school that I want to give out, and I have to make my cri- criteria with all the different schools. I'm getting my board together with some very special people, but there's the the LV. There's the LV Scholarship Award and there's the LV Achievement Award. 
There's two mm. awards that I want to give away every year. One is a, is a, a academic award, monetary, and the other is is, is a um, community performance, community award. Someone you know for outstanding efforts in their community. So I wanted to do that because there's a lot of people out there doing great things, and it's, it's not just about kids going to school, but it's about people being awarded for doing great things in their community, humanitarian awards. That's what I wanted to do, and that I know will go every year. And every year as we're raising money, and I know that by that time we're going to have different sponsors on on, on board because this is going to be done right. It's going to have the right look on it, the right face on it, the right everything on it. Everything will be transparent, and I just pray and I know that it's going to go on because that that's that's the legacy going on. Mm. The music we know, the music we all have, but now to see something past the music is is to see it helping children and whoever get mm-hmm. their lives on for the rest of their life as high achievers. Again, Luther was a high achiever. Mm. He, he pushed that. So that's you know the whole that's the whole movement behind him, the, the way he was with us and you know, with our families and then, you know, so you could feel the whole vibe is just to push this thing forward. And what it does, it also creates another platform for all of the entourage. We're still great musicians. You got great mm-hmm. people. I'm Absolutely. I'm still capable of doing great music. We don't have to be backing anybody. Right. You understand what I'm saying? I'm mm. saying that, just to say that, we don't have to be backing anybody. Right. We all have the talents to come together and make some music and help others make some music and do it as as a unit, you know. Um, do what you want or otherwise, but I still feel, feel that we have that and we haven't expounded on that, and that and, and that's what I, I I'm 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 really trying to muster up here. Mm. Well, Kevin, I, I remembered kind of I remembered what I wanted to talk about before the cheesecake, and uh, we're okay. coming to a close for this particular segment, okay. and I should just call this segment one. We opened the show with You're mm-hmm. My Everything, and I just wanted to talk briefly about that, how that came about, because that is a duet with Luther Vandross, and then we can um, lead right into some talk about there's a potential play coming up with this uh, book. Okay, all right. As far as that, 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 that song goes, that was something, that was in the 90s when I, you know, I was making some decent money, and we started a label, me and Rick started a label called JBR Records, and, um, you know, I told us, hey, man, I got my own label now, and I'm starting to do my own album. We were sitting there playing Pac-Man one day. We always played Pac-Man. He always had his Pac-Man machines um, and, and Miss Pac-Man and Centipede. And he put his head up and said, hey, man. He said, well, I'd like to do a duet with you on your album. I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, man, I'll do that for you. I said, really? Luther? I was like going away. Luther Vandal would do it. Are you kidding me? I stopped playing and everything, lost my men and all, all that stuff. But, uh, but um, and then we started talking about it. He said, "Yeah, man." He said, "You know," he said, "I can work that out for you." You know, I can, I get that done. I said, "Well, I don't know what what I'm what I'm saying." He said, "Well, let me think of a song." He said, "Let me go back and think of a song for you and I." I said, "Fine, yes, please, okay." <laughs> And he came back with that song, the David Ruffin and Eddie Kendrick remake of You're My Everything, Temptations. Mm. And we recorded it, and they had all the background singers, had everybody, Lisa, Ava, everybody that was there, everybody, Cindy, Paulette, and all the band played the track. And Luther did the arrangement, 
did the vocal arrangements for me, everything, you know, because when you hear it, you can hear his Luther arrangement. Nat Adderley Jr. was the producer. He started the record and got it like all the way three-quarters full. Then he had to go to some other things, and another producer came in, Sadell Carter, and, and Sadell finished it up, you know, put the finishing touches, and Sadell had, uh, did the vocal session that we did in Washington. He was there. You know, he he kind of produced that, and no kind of, but he did produce that. And we finally got it done. We got it mm-hmm. done. And I was able to release it on my label, but, you know, there was a stipulation that came from Sony. They said, well, okay, you know. And, Luther, you know, what was so amazing about Luther is, like, he kind of, I know that me and Rick had to do some paperwork as far as the licensing of the song, but as far as the other paperwork with with the Sony and all the red tape, or you know you're another artist and Luther's on your album. Luther said Luther took care of that. His management uh, was Billy Bass at that time, and he said I worked at Outkick, and I didn't have to deal with none of that. The only thing Sony said was that I couldn't release it as a single. I could release the album and it'd be on the album, but hmm. you know, and that was them. They didn't want the airwaves flooded with another song with Luther on it. You know, I understood it. So they, so see how they worked it out? And that was fair. I thought that was fair. I didn't have to go through nothing else. The fact that they said, okay, you can't send it as, out as a single, but you can send it out as an album cut. But we all knew that when the, the jocks got the album, they were going to go to that song. That's right. <laughs> so, you know, it all, it all, uh, it all kind of worked out for us. Mm-hmm. Now we want to okay. get an opportunity Wait, before we go there James We want to get an opportunity to first give away the book So if you have the okay. code phrase That we're going to throw out to the listening audience And I can, they can email us at suggestions mm-hmm. At the keys 107 networkcom Or they can call in like immediately And they can get the book if they know the phrase So let's 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 say the phrase And then let's go to one of those Ooh. Reach into your bag of gems, James, and pull out a monster jam. <laughs> okay. With the well, phrase. Kevin has to give the phrase. Mm. Oh, wow. Ooh, Afika. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the phrase being a question, yes? Okay. I mean, no, I'm asking. Oh, no, no. <laughs> No, no, no. You can just give a phrase. Um, it, it could be one of the titles um, from the book. It could be um, a phrase that you know, something that you knew Luther always said on the road. Um, this doesn't have to be something that somebody knows okay. from their memory. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. I got one. I got a phrase that Luther used to say on the road. Ready? Go ahead. Ready. Okay. The unemployment line is going to be long tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I like that. <laughs> um, go ahead, James. Introduce okay. that next song. Well, you, well, that's a, that's a wonderful phrase. Okay, what I think we, we want to do, Kevin, we want to go from a little bit from the um, past to the present. We're going to uh, play a couple of songs. Uh, one well, one of the songs is "Someone's Missing Your Love." I guess you guys did this song before Al Goodman passed away. I think in 2010, yes. mm-hmm. and then we'll right. play a second song, and then we're going to bring it up to your most recent releases. Stand okay. by, everybody, and here we go with All the right. first one. 
Kevin, that song is so beautiful. It is so Raygoodman and Brown. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> it was written by Tessa G. Fox and uh, and, and um, Bobby Reese. Bobby Reese is also the producer. Uh, he produced stuff by Tony Terry. He does some stuff with Whitney over the years. He's very well-known producer. Wonderful guy, known for a million years. Yeah, and 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 we've been in the in the studio putting some stuff together, getting ready to do it again. Mm. Well, when can we? <laughs> That's one of them. Well, we're going to close out, Kevin, and I thank you so very much for sitting with us and giving us so much of your time and your love and your memories of Luther Vandross. And I think our listening audience feel your love for him. And I know that this book has been a therapeutic uh, journey for you. It's not easy to mm-hmm. deal with the passing of someone that was so close to you, whom you love, whom you admired, and who you shared so many good mm-hmm. times with. Yeah, and it seemed like gone too soon, but and you know, all all in the most highest time. But it seems to us, it's just too soon, too sudden. You know. That's right. Well, and, listen, and, we're, and that's what the closure is. We're we're gonna have you back. We know that, and uh, yeah. brother all James right. is on. Yes, you will. Steel. He's doing his DJ thing. So go ahead, brother James, and hit it, and listen to the Keys 107 every Thursday at eight o'clock. Hit us on Facebook at the Keys 107 Group, and. Email us at suggestions at the Keys 107 Network as we open doors to endless possibilities in the pursuit of love, peace, and happiness.
listening to The Keys 107, opening the doors to endless possibilities in the pursuit of love, peace, and happiness with your host, Rafika and Brother James.